On the table opposite Caitlin at the Hungry Horse, the impossible nuggets had been made possible for table 12. The crispy chicken strips had sold out, and the chicken wing bones were, in the words of young Maya, literally 100% gross. So the four kids tucked into six each, drenched in barbecue sauce. The full Monty Mix grill for Dad set him back 12 99 and involved no stripping other than his stomach lining. He washed down the rump steak, pork, sausages, roast chicken breast and camon steak with a fried free-range egg, pineapple, a hungry horseshoe of onion rings, a gesture of peas, a large portion of chips and a pint of full-fat Pepsi. His conversation was minimal with his children as a result. The kids had snapped all their crayons in half, associating them with schoolwork, and were now digesting their small, omega fishless fingers over an Amazon fire each. Caitlin wasn't really scrolling through her phone. She was listening in. Always go stone, Dad told his boys, when they do scissors, paper, stone to steal the cushions from the chairs on table 11. Every kid goes scissors first. He was flicking through BBC Sport gossip and his gut now looked like a pregnant ham. Caitlin looked away when their gooey chocolate brownies arrived. Behind her were Sam and Bex, prone to using each other's names more than was necessary in conversation. It felt like they were work colleagues, not in a relationship. Bex aggressively picked all the coriander, tomatoes, peppers, beans and sweet corn from her fajita, leaving only a wet chamois of a wrap and some chicken strips that she was scraping down like she was removing charcoal from burnt toast. Caitlin imagined she would get home and puff up the feather sofa cushions on her loaf squidgeroo, maybe taking the vexations of a day out on the goose feathers, maybe a day of emails and voicemails. Sam looked like he sat all day in his ex-rockeratian gaming chair in the spare bedroom, finishing spreadsheets. Building regs at the council, maybe. Maybe most of the day he plays two dots, scrolls through IMDB and reads historical fiction, worrying about what he should have done around the house, before Bex returns. They hadn't actually said a single word to each other since they'd ordered. It was pure and utter phone addiction and they didn't notice Caitlin watching them at all. Near the window on table 14, there was a late 50s pair. He'd had roast beef and had complained it was too gristly. She had the chicken parmigiana, which Caitlin worried looked a bit pink. He'd walked off to look at a few Geoffrey Archer books on the shelf, so she stole his Yorkshire pudding and winked at Caitlin whilst drinking gravy from his boat. He returned to the seat, scratching his privates from within his pocket, and said... Gardener's question time yesterday? Not this week, replied the woman, necking the rest of her 250 mil blossom hill. She was distant and ruminating. Ridiculous novice on it, assuming they had honey fungus in their horse chestnut. Bunny Guinness did her usual inadequate explanation. White threads in soil. Nothing to worry about. They need to take a good look at their garden. Horse chestnut shedding limbs. They won't have honey fungus, they need to examine the roots. If it's the thickness of a pencil and there's a creamy white fungus mess. And so he continued, until Caitlin's Beyond Meat Burger arrived, with her salt and pepper fries. She might get a second pint afterwards. 
What's your, like, favourite book ever? Asked a young tracksuit man-boy on the table directly beside Caitlin, whilst finishing the remnants of his banging katsu banquet. Where's Wally Six? The great picture hunt? Immediately replied the eyelash girl, her mouth full of chips hanging out of her like fish from a puffin. He tracked the Nazca lines of fake town on her right hand. Her fingers were like long and skinny hot dogs. Her eyes were the colour of draft coke. Hungry Horse was obviously a good look on her. Is that the one with, like, Oddlaw's picture pandemonium? He asked. Yeah, well solid page that. Sick book. We should get, like, the audio book for the drive through queue. Then they spoke about whether they'd make Where's Wally into a Netflix series. Caitlin couldn't help love these two. Look at that moon, she muttered, spotting it out the misted conservatory window. It's like a pure smile. Oh my God, that's like a proper good simile, mate. I remember doing similes in English. Did you ever do similes, babe? He said. Yeah, always did similes in that. Oxymorons and that. 100%. She cleared her throat and went a bit posh, imitating a teacher, perhaps. <clears throat> the moon is like a total smile up there in the baby blue sky. She celebrated her linguistic device with a fresh sachet of mayonnaise. Oh my actual God, you're actually Shakespeare, mate. Shakespeare? she replied and they laughed probably more than was needed but that's how happy they were totally unaware of everyone around them and of Caitlin who was really enjoying their chat the young pair took a photo of their finished dinner plates and she dabbed the remaining mayonnaise with her finger careful to avoid it touching her acrylics the moon had actually been a street light in the car park but it didn't matter At the bar, Caitlin politely asked for another Guinness when the barmaid was ready, getting the standard confused looks from the two old men sitting at bar stools unable to accept a world where a woman under 40 orders a pint, let alone a pint of Guinness. They unsightly stared at her six-foot height, and Caitlin felt it was only a matter of time before she was asked about the weather up there, or maybe if she was one of them new types. But strangely, it never came. Maybe the paradigm is shifting after all, she wondered. In the table beside the toilet, where Caitlin took her pint to get a better phone signal and replied to Charlie, she discovered that Lucy was now separated, Kelly was a newcomer to eHarmony and Jenny's husband had turned into one of those I'll wait in the car types now. The ladies reminisced about the hundreds of lasses they'd squeezed into taffeta at their wedding dress shop. That one with the tattoo of Michael Flatley that had gone a bit saggy and a bit Bruce Forsyth. That made Caitlin smile. So she texted it to Charlie. The group of women wondered how many of the marriages were now still in one piece. Two pints felt enough for Caitlin, so she zipped up nice and cosy and thanked the girls behind the bar, who didn't hear her, and then she stepped out to brave the rain and the wind. She plunged her hands into her coat pockets There was a Cherry Hall soother in there from last year. It's a nice bonus, she thought. Didn't even have a sore throat, but she ate it anyway, while she marched towards the bus stop. 
home then. Home to her kettle and a couple of penguin bars. Home to her log burner and her favourite lamp beside the sofa. Not an energy efficient bulb in that one, but we all need a treat here and there, thought Caitlin. She might see if her Where's Wally books were still in that back bedroom, actually. <laughs> 